From Georgia Public Broadcasting, this is On Second Thoughts. I'm Virginia Prescott. We have been highlighting Georgia music all month and exploring the geographic, demographic, and cultural mix that made it all possible. Well, today, two legendary rock musicians and an innovative classical violinist are with us to talk about how they're mashing up their respective disciplines with songs of Georgia's most beloved musicians and bands, arranged for an orchestra, as well as some original compositions. A Night of Georgia Music continues a collaboration between Mike Mills, bassist, songwriter, and co-founder of R.E.M., Chuck Lavelle, former member of the Allman Brothers Band and music director and keyboardist for the Rolling Stones, and Robert McDuffie, violinist and founder of the Robert McDuffie Center for Strings at Mercer University. Hello! Hello. Hey. Thanks for having us. Well, thanks for being here. You're all going to be performing together at the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra on September 29th. Dates in Birmingham, Savannah, Augusta the following week. Thank you so much. They're all joining us from Macon today. And Robert, I, I want to start with you because I understand you came up with this cockamamie idea. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you got that right. It's, it's all his fault. Give us the backstory, if you would. Brings us here. <laughs> well, you know, I'm a classical violin player. And um, been uh, privileged to play some of the great classical masterworks. And, you know, I, I like to say that I've, I've run out of dead white European male composers <laughs> to play. And um, that's not exactly true. I, I do believe in, in playing music of living American composers. And I'd gone to Philip Glass about 10 years ago and asked him to write a concerto for me. And, and that was really fun. And once we got a bunch of performances of those done, I thought about um, next adventure. I've known Mike since I was 12 years old. And uh, I just took a deep breath and went up to Athens and asked him if he if he would write a violin concerto, a concerto for violin and rock band and string orchestra. And there was Which the, very, the title itself is just so great. It, it, <laughs> that's what I threw out at him. And then there was this really awkward silence. I mean, it was like, <laughs> oh my God, what did I do? And um, Mike's just kind of staring out <laughs> In space, and I said, "Mike, you all right?" I said, "I've already got a tune." Well, isn't that great? I've already got a tune. <laughs> so he just he dove in, and uh, and we've already had several performances of this concerto. Audiences love it, but we wanted to uh, take it on the road and and flesh out the program. And uh, I'll I'll pass it over to Mike as uh, how Chuck got involved with us, and I, I think Chuck has just made this uh, really complete experience and um, just couldn't be happier. All right, Mike, you pick it up. Just to clarify, you composed the Concerto for Violin, Rock Band, and String Orchestra. Right, I did. Um, Yeah, after my initial shock at being asked to do (laughs) such a thing, uh, I said, well, that could be really fun. And and one of the the things that we're trying to do here with this is both with the Concerto and with the Night of Georgia Music, uh, the the, the first half of the show, is to show people that, that the gulf, the perceived gulf between classical music and rock music is not as large as, as you think it is. Hmm. Uh, I love to use the Venn diagram uh, as an example of there's a lot more overlap than you might think. So what we've done here is take – basically with this concerto I wrote is more of a song suite. Uh, but it's, a rock, it's got rock, – it's rock music with a, sim, a string symphony orchestra. So uh, when you add the two virtuosi that we have with Bobby and Chuck in front of it, it is a beautiful combination to me of what rock and roll and classical music can be if they would just get along. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. 
Well, here's something I'm curious about. I mean, Chuck, you have described yourself as the navigator for the Rolling Stones. You know, Robert, <laughs> you run a music school. Uh, Mike, you wrote this. You've been working and arranging for REM and other bands for a long time. So who's in charge here? Mm, silence. Long <laughs> silence. Yeah, well, it's 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 a it's a cooperative among equals, uh, really. I mean, I, since I wrote it and I sort of kind of conceived it, I guess I'm sort of the the engineer of the train as much as anything. But certainly, everyone has uh, equal uh, ability and opportunity to say what they want and and make adjustments and changes and. And all that. So, I mean, we all respect each other very much, which is why we're doing this. So, so it's very much a cooperative, I think. Mike um, is curating the, you know, the first half and, and the show. So, I think if we if we do get stuck, we turn to Mike at the with the final final direction. I am the, the final arbiter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hear. Let's get a sense of this sort of Venn diagram and how it works together. Chuck, of course, you were a member of the Allman Brothers Band when it was at its absolute peak in the 1970s. I know, Robert, you have played with Greg Allman. Let's hear One Way Out, the original version, one of the songs you'll be performing with the orchestra for A Night of Georgia Music. Ever, one way out, Lord, I just can't go out the door you also do an orchestral version of Outcast's Hey Ya. Let's hear some of that original. These are such different kinds of music, but of course, music. You know, they've got rhythm, they've got melody, they've got movement. How do you interpret something or reinterpret something like that for an orchestral performance? Very uh, tentatively and gingerly. <laughs> You know, at the heart of it all is the song. If the song is there, you can do almost anything you want to with it. That's why something like My Girl by The Temptations, there there have been, you know, 30 versions of that recorded and put on the radio, and they're all great because the song is great. So if we're starting with a quality item, uh, whatever we do to it is merely, as, as, way, as the way I see it, is an enhancement and just a way to present it uh, differently. And if we can also present this really great song in a way that combines rock and roll and classical – uh, then I think we've created basically something kind of new, which is what we're trying to do is is bring something that hasn't really been heard before, uh, but has elements with which you might be familiar. Mike Mills there with Robert McDuffie and Chuck Lavelle, kind of Georgia triumvirate of musical royalty collaborating for a night of Georgia music tour. It's playing throughout Georgia. We're going to come back and speak with them more after a quick break. Thanks so much for joining us for On Second Thought. We do our best every day to bring you stories from around the state, including notices of concerts like this one that pay tribute to Georgia music. But in the end, our show is only made possible because of listeners like you. So if you like what you're hearing and enjoy On Second Thought, please consider donating during our fall fund drive. It is the last day of the drive, so we need to hear from you now. Consider becoming a sustaining member, and here's how. We are back with On Second Thought from GPB. I'm Virginia Prescott. Today, a legendary guitarist, a beloved keyboard player, and a classical violinist walk into a radio station to talk about a legendary Georgia music night arranged for orchestra. And that's for their performance of what's called A Night of Georgia Music. (music) 
That is one of the compositions by Mike Mills, bassist, songwriter, and co-founder of R.E.M. Chuck Lavelle is also with us, Allman Brothers keyboardist and music director for the Rolling Stones. He's also an author and a tree farmer, we should note, and Robert McDuffie. He's an award-winning violinist and educator. We're talking about their collaboration and upcoming shows. So you're also doing version of R.E.M.'s Losing My Religion. Let's hear again the original. That's me in the corner That's me in the spot Like Losing my religion So Mike, that was a big hit for R.E.M. And audiences for all of these songs, you're playing you know, Ray Charles, Otis Redding, Gladys Knight. Audiences have these songs kind of stamped in their mind in a certain way. And yes, you said, you know, you can do several different versions of them, but do they instantly recognize what you're doing from the stage? Well, they can, depending on which song it is. Uh, I have to give a big shout out to our arranger, David Malamud, who uh, is the one who really, uh, I mean, I've never written for classical uh, orchestra before or for violin. So he took my melody ideas and, and you know, he did the arrangements themselves for the, for the concerto. And, and he and I collaborated on the arrangement for the, for the opening part, uh, the Georgia songs. Basically, a lot of these songs will have introductions with the string orchestra that you will have no idea what is about to come after them, which I really enjoy. That we, it's, they're this beautiful setup for a song that you will know probably once we start playing it. But at first you'll go, what's the link here? But there is a link. I mean, he he has ghosts of the melodies of the song in these beautiful introductions. And and so it, it all serves to tie in the fact that it's all music and you can enjoy it all without having to declare allegiance to one or the other. Uh, I've also seen videos of you performing this and stills of you all on stage. You know, Robert, you're energetically moving on the stage. Is this, is this a chance for you to rock out a little bit? Yes, it's been. <laughs> this is Chuck here. Let me just say that Bobby is shredding during this whole thing, man. That's a that's a new word uh, that I learned in the, here in the rock business. Uh, yes, it's been it's been in me. I just you know, and both Chuck and Mike's music have been in my inner ear for you know for so long, and just to be able to just to play that with them is is going to be awesome. I'm wondering what it's like for you, Chuck. I mean, you perform with Eric Clapton, uh, the Rolling Stones regularly now. You know, I'm thinking of Keith Richards playing guitar with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. You're you're playing with an <laughs> orchestra. They, they often wear tuxes or formal wear. What is that like for you? Do you sit up a little straighter? What are they going to wear? We haven't <laughs> talked about that. <laughs> All black, no suits. <laughs> no, listen, uh, I've had the great pleasure of uh, of playing with Mike and with Bobby on different occasions, and it's always been a joy. Um, you know, I'm glad that uh, Mike brought up David because he's just done this outstanding job uh, with the arrangements that we're privileged to play. And uh, so, yeah, you know, I, I put me on my toes here. Uh, it, it's, it's, you know, put a little fire up under me. Uh, it, it's a lot of information uh, to learn and to get down in a relatively short period of time. But we are coming along, and I'll tell you, by the time we hit that stage, it's going to be just fine. <laughs> well, I'd love to play a little more Georgia music because we've been talking about the roots and branches of it. So many great Georgia artists that you have pulled from. How do you go about choosing which songs you're going to perform? Well, that was both one of the most exciting and the hardest parts of this because, you know, I think Georgia has pro- probably the greatest depth of music of any state in the country. I mean, people here, here. say California. They say California, but that's only because people moved there to do that. Georgia has people who were born here and grew up here and, and, and made music here. 
So there's something about Georgia that 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 lends itself to to storytelling and to songwriting and and melodicism and all these beautiful things that I like to incorporate in what we're doing. So, um, you know, choosing the songs, it's been a, an ongoing process. I mean, I've had songs that we had worked up and we had in there and ready to go. And we decided for one reason or another that wasn't right. Let's do something different. I actually had a different REM song uh, chosen but upon further reflection, decided that Losing My Religion would be one that would, would suit the program better. So um, it's really been a challenge to take a deep dive. You know, you want to you want to play songs that, that – I want to play songs I love. Uh, but on the other hand, I don't want to play songs ne- that the audience has not necessarily ever heard of. This is not – any education we may be doing on this is purely to show uh, the, the overlap between classical and rock and roll. We're not trying to turn people onto songs that they probably never heard before. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's an element of familiarity involved, and, and I wanted to curate the show by making sure that, you know, there were a couple of things that some folks may not know, but most of them you will have heard and be somewhat familiar with, which is why you can hear it in this context and go, oh, well, not only do I love the original version, which may be more R&B or rock and roll or what have you, but it works within this context of, of having an orchestra and virtuosi musicians playing it. So that's what we're after. Well, let's hear a little bit from Brooke Benton's Rainy Night in Georgia, a Georgia classic. A rainy night in Georgia Such a rainy night in Georgia That is one of the songs that you will be interpreting or performing with an orchestral arrangement on stage for A Night of Georgia Music. Wondering for you, Mike, I mean, that screams AM radio to me for some reason. I wonder if you (laughs) did you grow up. I read that you grew up or I heard that you grew up listening to. Is it Gary Sandifer on WNEX radio? Was that the Carrie 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 Sandifer Sandifer WNEX radio here in Macon, Georgia? Yeah, well, used we used to you know that scene in uh, in American Graffiti where Wolfman Jack is in this little brick building and they drive by and he's actually there. Well, that's what we used to do as kids. We used to drive out to WNEX and hang out there outside the station and look in and see him doing the show that we were listening to on the radio in our car, and it was so meta, and we were all just mind mind blown. But (laughs) Uh, and, you know, Carrie used to keep the door open and kids would come in and talk to him and watch him do his show. It was a really cool thing. Um, so, yes, I grew up with the transistor radio uh, under my pillow at night listening to stations from all over the country that I could dial in. And and uh, there's something about that, that you know, sort of mono sound that, that, uh, that really – it means a lot. It, it makes music sound completely different than today's, you know, four-channel, super stereo, what have you. Uh, 5.1, any of that. So anyway, so yes, a lot of these songs come to me from that memory of the AM radio, but uh, but they're fully they're fully developed and fully sonically beautiful now. So it's just a really fun transition to go from that to this. Mike Mills, one of the founders of REM, Chuck Lavelle, music director and keyboardist for the Rolling Stones, and Robert McDuffie, award-winning violinist and educator. We will be back to talk about their orchestral collaboration, A Night of Georgia Music, when On Second Thought returns. If you're at home in your car or at your office grooving to these tunes, like we are over here, then consider how your support actually makes this on-air playlist possible. We're just hearing from Mike Mills a little bit about the magic of radio. Well, that continues. And it's the last day of our fall fun drive, and we are looking for your support. Listeners like you make a big difference. In fact, are the major part of our budget. We're asking you to help keep us playing and donate now. Here's how.
We're back with On Second Thought. I'm Virginia Prescott, continuing the conversation with Chuck Lavelle, music director and keyboardist for the Rolling Stones. He's also an author and tree farmer in Georgia. Robert McDuffie, violinist and educator at Mercer University. And Mike Mills, bassist and co-founder of REM and now a classical music composer. He's created the centerpiece of their upcoming performances of A Night of Georgia Music. And at these performances, audiences are going to get to revel in orchestral versions of beloved songs from Georgia. Songs by Ray Charles, the Allman Brothers Band, Outkast, Gladys Knight and the Pips, Brooke Benton, the B-52s, and James Brown. Well, we did speak about Macon earlier and your memory there. And Bobby, you and Mike, you knew each other as kids, correct? And was that in a church choir? Was that it? It was. uh, My parents, when they moved to Macon, they looked for the church with the best music program, (laughs) which was First Presbyterian, where Bobby's mother was uh, music director. So that's where we went. As my father was a tenor soloist in the choir. So uh, most all Sundays were spent in, with Bobby in junior choir or handbell choir or some sort of musical endeavor. And then we would spend Sunday nights uh, over at their house having pizza and, and listening to Jay Giles or whatever. So uh, we, had, we had a very nice uh, few years there where we got to know each other pretty well. You listening to the sounds of Macon. I'm curious about the others. What were you listening to when you were growing up in, in Macon, Bobby? Well, I had Eat a Peach and Fillmore East. I mean, I was just obsessed, absolutely obsessed with that, with that music. And um, but he, in, here in Macon, I mean, Macon's an amazing place. I mean, I'm, my mother, as Mike mentioned, was a uh, church musician, so I'd hear this high church music: Brahms, German Requiem, Saint-Saëns Christmas Oratorio, Dubois' Seven Last Words of Christ. I studied with a Hungarian gypsy violin player, so I had all that Central European stuff going on. Um, and we had uh, the Allman Brothers, um, very successful at, at the time. And all of those styles were, were just filling my head. And, um, and that was taking place right here in Macon. I'm curious about you, Chuck. You're, you're definitely a person who's expanded <clears throat> and played with a lot of different bands. And, of course, now you know, one of the greatest rock and roll bands in the country, your music director. How did you pull? What were you pulling from to do all of these different things and put them together on stage with with Mike and Bobby? Well, I I actually grew up in Alabama. Uh, my wife Rose Lane says that I defected. <laughs> <laughs> but growing up in Alabama, of course, we had our own music that was influencing us uh, from within the state. But we were certainly influenced by what was coming out of Georgia. I mean, every bit of it. Little Richard, uh, James Brown, Otis Redding, um, and then, of course, in more modern times, the Allman Brothers before I had the privilege of working with them. So there was this uh, just huge bag full of all kind of stuff that was uh, coming across the state line for me growing up. <clears throat> and then it was uh, 1969 that uh, I had a contact uh, at Capricorn Records, I had heard about Capricorn. Um, I had kind of played out all my favors and, and was hitting a bit of a stone wall in Alabama uh, in terms of uh, boosting my career and going forward. But Capricorn, I came over to Macon to investigate. Oh, man, it was just wide open. You had a state-of-the-art studio. The record label was beginning to do very well. There was a booking agency. And so I said, this looks pretty cool. Let me uh, let me just come over here and stay. Which, and that's what happened. Mm, now, recently renovated Capricorn Records studio, happy to say. 
Well, okay. So I'm thinking about that music, the Almond Brothers Band, all of those soul soul greats like Ray Charles and Otis Redding. And then we have the B-52s. Here is one of the songs that you will be performing for orchestra. Give me back my man. Robert, you kind of alluded to this idea of, you know, classical music has to expand and and meet the audience where it is. And we often think of classical music as, you know, this is a lesson for the young folks, that these are the things you should know and you should cherish them. I wonder, though, are, are you now all at the point where with rock music of that era that you grew up in, are you saying to young people... This is the stuff you should know. Cherish this. Cherish Ray Charles uh, and, and understand Otis Redding in a different way. I just think great music is great for a reason. And uh, and I, I think these songs are going to endure and to the extent that we can keep uh, working on that and bringing it to audiences. And I'm glad you mentioned that about classic musicians going out and telling them what they need to hear. I hate that. I don't I, – I just – you know, we, we we go out to the schools and we say – you know, listen to this. This is, you know, this will make you better. You know, it's like eat your spinach, even though it is great music. But we don't listen to what they're listening to. What are you listening to? That's what we, that's what we need to be asking when we, you know, when we go out. And um, and great music will endure. That's why so many of the great masterpieces in classical music are still heard and and you hear on uh, on stages as w- as well as commercial jingles. Um, great music will last, and the music that we're playing is great. And and you're going to see three very confident artists who <laughs> admire and respect each other on stage um, with intrepid students uh, who are excited to be on stage with us. Robert McDuffie, thank you so much. Thank you. And Mike Mills, thank you so much. Well, thanks for having us. Chuck Lavelle, great speaking with you. Thank you. I certainly enjoyed it. Thank you. They will be performing together at the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra on September 29th, the Lyric Theater in Birmingham, Alabama on October 2nd, the Lucas Theater for the Arts in Savannah on October 4th, and finally wrapping up a night of Georgia music in Augusta at the Miller Theater on October the 5th. We have full details on all those events at our website, gpbnews.org, and we'll leave you with Sunny Side Up, one of the movements from the Concerto for Rock Band and Violin, which is part of the performance of A Night of Georgia Music. When we come back, we'll take a hike on the Doll's Head Trail. This is On Second Thought. Like these legendary musicians, we at On Second Thought have been focusing on music made and played in Georgia all month. GPB is proud of bringing you stories and sounds that give you a sense of place. And that is all thanks to you. I'm Virginia Prescott reminding you that this is the last day of our Fall Fun Drive. So if we haven't heard from you yet, make this the time you join us for the first time. Maybe you renew your support or better yet, become a GPB sustainer with a monthly contribution. It's easy to do. It only takes a couple of minutes. And here's how. We are back with On Second Thought from GPB. I'm Virginia Prescott. The Doll's Head Trail is a collection of found art scattered around Constitution Lakes Park in southeast Atlanta. Hiking along the path, visitors will find objects scavenged from throughout the 125-acre preserve, transformed into artistic installations. Joel Slayton is creator of this obscure outdoor exhibit. On Second Thought intern Allison Krausman walked the trail with him and brought back this audio postcard. 
We are at Constitution Lakes, south of Cab County. This is the Cab County Park. It has been a park for about uh, 15 years. So I started coming out here and exploring and uh, started finding doll parts. Uh, I've always been <laughs> a bit of a scavenger. And uh, once I started saying, hey, we can make st- I can make stuff out of this, I just found an old sign. And this is the uh, phrase, uh, Dollhead Trail, Trailhead. Got in my head and wouldn't stay out. So I said, well, I started the trail. It was back in the backside of the park. And I said, well, I'm just going to put this out it's like a joke for the birders and the few locals that came back there it was kind of a spoof of a nature trail kind of just came out of nowhere people should know that the, to, to walk out here and see the trail and everything it is about a two and a half mile hike in and out but it's mostly flat land a lot of it's a, a concrete sidewalk you go down the sidewalk about i think it's a third of a mile and you come to these uh, boardwalks with these uh, cool little lakes uh, the main lakes right here in front of you it's only about an acre big here, and it's kind of weird that it's pinched in between a railroad, Moreland Avenue, uh, the rail, uh, South River, and the industrial area just north of the park. It's just, you just come down here, and it's like a, it's like a primordial swamp almost, and uh, it's really, really neat, neat area back in here. It was fishing lake, so there's a lot of discarded fishing bobs, and I actually have a. Uh, pool skimmer stashed out in the woods here so i go out and skim the bobs and i use the, those for trail markers i would put them on the trees leading you back there so people started coming back here and dumping trash so that's kind of the stuff we made the uh make the art out of usually this happen when they happen the pieces come together sometimes a piece will lay there for a year or so then i'll find another piece and i'm like well that goes with that piece and uh it kind of comes together now this is a this was a classic example I told you we had a river cleanup. We found an intact doll. We found this doll five or six years ago. Then found this music player two or three years ago. And then last year, two years ago, uh, to keep the cat beautiful, was doing a cleanup of the river, and they found this little cart. And this is right at the time the movie Baby Driver came out. So I just snapped. It was like the pieces that came together over the course of five or six years just snapped together as Baby Driver. If you think it's going to be creepy when you come out here, it'll be creepy. If you think it's going to be whimsical when you come out here, it'll be whimsical. It kind of reflects whatever your uh, worldview is, I guess. So it's just kind of uh, open to interpretation. For every piece of uh, art, trash, whatever you see out, we've we've taken 10 out. So it's not like we're making trash out of every piece of styrofoam and straw and everything out here. But I think it kind of uh, calls to attention what's laying out here in our environment. So so we do do keep a tight rein. If anything looks new, we take it out. There's nothing to to, to, uh, protect the trail but the fact, the goodwill of the people and the fact that it's a a, uh, mile back in the woods. So uh, there's people out here who help out. I don't know who they are. There's people We put trash cans back in here. People fill up the trash cans with broken glass and stuff. They've always pulled straight out of the river. And we don't know who they are, but we're glad they helped, you know. And uh, it's, it's very encouraging when people do that. It's a beautiful park. Uh, the trail adds a little something-something to uh, get people to come out. An accidental tourist attraction is what I call it. Uh, uh, it's become a, 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 a my uh, I guess a part of my legacy. It's just been a an amazing journey, really, to be involved with it and to know that I kind of kicked the thing off just out of uh, out of boredom and uh, looking for something to do and looking to build something with my hands. It's, this has come out of it, and it's been really really great.
That was Joel Slayton, creator and curator of the Doll's Head Trail in Atlanta. Our thanks to On Second Thought intern Allison Crossman for producing this postcard. To see photos of some of the trash-to-treasure art along the trail, visit gpbnews.org. Neil Young is one of Joel's favorite artists, and along the path are lyrics of young songs like this one, Don't Be Denied. Don't be On Second Thought is produced by Amelia Brock, Laraven Taylor, Priya Mahadevan, and Jake Troyer. Jesse Nyswanger is our engineer. Our interns are Allison Krausman, Jessica Lowell, and Alexis Thomason. Don Smith is our dean of grammar. Amy Kiley is senior producer. I'm Virginia Prescott. Thanks so much for taking some time to listen to On Second Thought. Really, the most important member of this team is you. On Second Thought and everything that you hear on GPB is made possible when you support it. So do your part during our fall fun drive. Here's how. 